I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Okay, real estate rock stars. Boy, I have a guest, a mentor of mine. I have been listening to Kathy's podcast for a long time, and I put her on a hit list of someone I wanted to get on because I wanted to ask her some really strong, deep questions and to predict some things about our futures as real estate agents and real estate investors. And lo and behold, she is on the show today, so I'm excited. Kathy Fetke, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for having me. Hey, Kathy, why don't you give everybody a little bio on yourself so they can get to know you better? Sure. I'm the co-CEO of Real Wealth Network, and I'm the host of the Real Wealth Show and Real Estate News, which is a daily update to help people understand this ever-changing marketplace and wow, does it change often. And then I also wrote a book called Retire Rich with Rentals. We have uh, over 28,000 uh, members of Real Wealth Network where we offer lots of education, tell people where the best markets are to buy real estate today, where you can get cash flow. And um, and then we have teams in those best markets uh, to help people find basically turnkey rental properties for passive income. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's get into some nitty gritty. You did a you did a couple shows that were kind of controversial. Um, you talked about real estate investing in the new Trump economy. I want you to talk about that. What does that What does the new Trump economy mean for us? Well, uh, that has yet to be seen. He's got a lot of ideas. Whether or not he can get those ideas implemented, again, has yet to be seen, even though he has uh, Congress working in his favor for the most part. But really what what Trump has, in, has inherited is a very difficult situation. And, uh, you know, he even even somebody with his background in investing – could find himself challenged. I mean, he he's had a few times where he even mentioned, you know, hey, debt, I know how to deal with debt. You know, we we rework the debt. Well, when you say that as the president of the United States, that means there's a whole bunch of people listening saying, does that mean I'm not going to get paid? You know, what, what does that mean, restructure debt, uh, when there may be investors on the other side of that who, or pension funds or whatever, you know, somebody's owed money and they're not going to get it. So what we know is that President Trump has inherited kind of a mess. And it is uh, $20 trillion in debt. And uh, infrastructure, as he said, in the U.S., is it, it's in desperate need of an overhaul. He's got a stock market bubble that is out of control. And if interest rates go up, which they need to to stop that bubble, well, that means 
somebody's got to do the hard work of piercing that bubble so it stops growing. And that could mean a crash under his, you know, first year in office. So it, it's it's not an easy situation, whether you like him or you don't like him. It would be, I would not want to be him right now. That's all I can say. It's, he's going to have to make some really hard decisions. Well, he's, a, he's a tough guy. And, and he, already, yeah. he, he said several times, you know, before he was even elected, before he was even running, I think, or, or, or seriously running, that the stock market was a bubble. And now it's even, yeah. you know, a thousand points, 2000 points higher than that way back when he said that. Yeah. He said the same thing for interest rates. He said, you know, interest rates are, are way too low. They've been too low for too long. And, you know, here he is president in, in somewhat of a control position of some of uh, what's going to happen. So, okay, so here's the curious question, Kathy, right? So you're predicting, hey, there's going to be a, you know, this bubble, there's this problem that needs to be cured. Yet at the same time, you're saying, hey, you know, um, still a great time to buy real estate. Mm -hmm. Kind of a contradictory message. Can you kind of address that? I will absolutely address that. So right now, there's $23 trillion of American retirement funds, uh, you know, in, in IRAs and 401ks. And most of that, 97% of that is invested in the stock market, which I think we can all agree on is is pretty much a bubble right now. You know, those who are just really bullish on thinking that Trump's going to fix all problems, he's the end all, um, you know, <laughs> savior of, of the economy as we know it, um, may not agree that we, we're in a bubble. They, but um, if you really look at the fundamentals, we are. So with that in mind, uh, Oh gosh, I just forgot your question. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's basically how can you say oh, oh, okay, oh, we're in this I, bubble, but it's still a good time to buy real estate? Wouldn't yeah, wouldn't no, one you. say, hey, you know, maybe I should maybe I should wait. <laughs> well, here's what you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't just wait and have all of your money sitting in the stock market without any collateral. That's that's money. That's like a nest egg just sitting in the top of the highest tree. And if the wind blows, it it comes crashing down. Uh, that that is not safe to me. So your your question of where to put your money, I would put it into something where there's collateral, and there's no collateral. Okay, usually, define no. That. Define that. Okay, so um, you can self direct your IRA and your retirement accounts and invest in something where. You have, uh, when I say collateral, you 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 can take something. Um, your money is tied to something. So, in other words, if if you were to self direct your IRA, take it out of the stock market and buy real estate, and and not real estate in the high priced markets, not real estate in the bubble markets. And there are bubble markets. San Francisco being the the most bubblicious of all. Uh, but if you were to invest in, let's say, parts of Ohio, like Cleveland, Ohio, where you can still get a house for $85,000 next to the Cleveland Clinic, you know, one of the largest medical centers in the world, um, and rent to one of the many, many uh, medical students in that area. There's there's a bunch of universities in Cleveland. So you can buy a house for $85,000, rent it for nine fifty dollars a month uh, to a medical student, and we know that that's an industry that's growing. So I don't see a bubble there. And the same with Pittsburgh. You could buy, uh, like I did, a, a $85,000 duplex across the street from the new uh, CSX and the new um, Hollywood Film Studio there. Mm. And the Google Google headquarters. I paid 85000 for that. Each side rents for five fifty. There's no bubble there. 
You see, okay, these, so, these are, so, yeah. so let me get this straight. So, you know, these things, a couple questions. So these things, are this $85,000 product, right? In 2006, what was it worth? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Probably, probably about what it is today. <laughs> okay. 85. So it went down. Yeah. Then it went back up, but in 2000, it didn't go down much, you know, um, okay. these, these linear markets barely felt anything, maybe five, maybe 8% dip. Okay. So yeah, but it was only the bubble markets that got hit so hard and crashed. But anyway, yeah, what you're saying not- is, is, isn't is 10 years ago, it was worth the same thing, but there was no, um, railroad. There was no movie, movie, you know, thing going on there. There was none of Google wasn't there. Is that what you're saying? That like, Yes. It's worth the same, but there's more people. There's more commerce. There's more uh, of a future. So, uh, you know, to just give you an example, in 2006, I was mentored by some really great people. I had, uh, I was one of the first podcasters, so I had the opportunity to interview people that were, were more experienced than me, like Robert Kiyosaki and um, Dennis Kaminsky, and, and just old-time investors that had way more decades in real estate than I had. I, I had only been in for maybe, I don't know, 10 years, maybe seven. And, um, and so I wanted to listen to people who understood real estate market cycles and they were showing me that California had gone way, be way, way, way beyond affordability levels. And it didn't make sense. Whereas at the same time, Texas had all this job growth, all this population growth, all this infrastructure development and investment in, uh, in revitalization in that city. And, uh, and we could buy houses for 28% under value. Mm. And and so we were buying brand new houses for like $135,000 in little parts of Dallas that that weren't just flat areas. They were areas that we knew the city was planning to develop. We knew that the city had plans to put it in a new freeway um, to make the commute to Dallas 20 minutes instead of 60. And and so we looked for areas where we knew uh, that the growth was coming, was the path of progress. And we bought these little houses there, brand new, 135000 So I could help people you know, sell their $400,000 junk property in Stockton and exchange it for four or let's say three properties in Dallas uh, that all rented for the same. So the, the Stockton property rented for 1200 and so did the three properties in, in Dallas. So if people listened to me, they could triple or quadruple their cash flow, get into brand new homes in the path of progress, get out of the bubble and into an area that was just in a, you know an emerging area, but where nothing had happened. So people would look, watch me. This, this was the kind of response I would get um, on my, you know, when I would do my podcast is old timers would just say, nothing happens in texas why mm. would you why would you advise people to get out of the hot because it didn't market? you know for, for the, <laughs> it for the yeah. longest time yeah people in texas would say oh texas doesn't go up and down like austin oh austin didn't go up and down it just pretty much stays flat and this was even 10 years ago when you know like where i'm from maryland we were we were peaking like crazy and yeah. my friends in Texas were like, oh, we're not really changing at all. And now, <laughs> you know, now Austin's going berserk. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, those properties we bought uh, in little Rockwall, Texas, outside of Dallas, once the freeway came in, those little hundred and thirty, hundred forty thousand dollars houses are worth three hundred, even four hundred thousand now. When did yeah. you buy them? Uh, it was like 2004, 2005, yeah. then just towards the end of 2006, and then then everything fell apart uh, in California, of course, but not in Texas. It just continued yeah. just 
steadily grow. So we're finding that same opportunity today. We look for places with a bad reputation. We look for places where people will laugh at me and say, why would you do that? Why would you invest in, in Cleveland? What's there? What's in Pittsburgh? You know, what's in, what's in Huntsville? Uh, you know, these are places that people probably never even heard about. Well, I'll tell you what's in Huntsville. It's it's where rockets are made. Guess guess who wants to invest more in military, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so to be owning little $150,000 homes in Huntsville where where there's a majority of rocket scientists and and a president who who wants an increased military presence, well, that's probably a good deal. And in, again in Cleveland, when you've got uh, baby boomers turning 65, 10,000 of them every day, probably the Cleveland Clinic's going to do pretty well. Any medical facility is probably going to do pretty well in the coming years. Yeah. And and what you're saying is that Cleveland Clinic wasn't there 10 years ago. Right. So, so if I had to dumb down an equation without using cliches, right, and I just wanted to give the listeners here a very simple way to make decisions based on what you're saying on this podcast here is it's, it's you know, If the values are the same as when they were, say, 2006 or less, and the area surrounding it has drastically improved or is about to drastically improve, buy. Well, even if if it – I'm not so concerned about 2006. I mean, I think it's something to look at and say, was – property in a bubble in 2006. And if so, and prices have gone beyond that, well, maybe there's a bubble, but it's not always the case. Let let me give you another example. There's a little town called Cape Coral in Florida. It absolutely tanked during the housing crash. I mean, it was decimated. I think it had some of the highest foreclosure rate in the country because so many people bought second homes there or investment Mm. properties there and, and they just lost them during the downturn. So just tons of foreclosures. Well, back then, 10 years ago, um, you know, even though prices were in a bubble and then subsequently crashed, um, and now prices are kind of creeping back up to where they were, you you wouldn't necessarily want to just say, ooh, it's getting too close to the 2006 peak. I don't want to invest there. The difference is that back then, the buyers were speculative. They were second homes. They were vacation homes. Today, it's like I said, it's those seniors. It's the baby boomers saying, I'm going to sell my property in San Francisco, and I'm going to go retire in Cape Coral, and I'm going to buy a brand new house for $200,000. And it happens to be uh, have a pier, and I can I can just have my fishing boat right there but in my backyard. That the same person? who was buying it 10 years ago? Yeah, they were buying it though to live in it in 10 years. It's 10 years later now. Oh, I see. So, so they're ready to go live there. These are not investment properties or vacation homes. These are homes mm-hmm. and they're much cheaper homes than where these people are coming from. So I don't I don't see that as a bubble. I see that as a, just a shift in demographics. What do you, what do you think about uh, and I'll, I'll use this as an example, Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I had an agent on my show from Nashville, Tennessee. Some of the properties there are at 150% of what they were in 2006. And, and she says that it mainly is because Nashville has become a bachelor and bachelorette party destination. I mean, what <laughs> is that a legitimate, sustainable market? for, you know, is, is that appreciation real? Is that, I mean, what, what do you have to say about that? 
I think you got to be careful. Uh, you know, we invested in Nashville in 2006, and uh, and when when the housing crash hit, uh, those investors got hurt. Um, no, it wasn't too bad. They just had to sit it out, and if they were able to sit it out, and and <laughs> unlike California, they could cash flow during sure. that time. Versus California, you you were negative cash flow, and it's hard to hold on to that. So. Um, you know, investors in our network were buying $200,000 condos in downtown Nashville in 2006. It sure sounded like a great deal at the time. And and this was a very hip and cool part of town. And Nashville is a great city and there is growth there. Uh, a lot of um, millennials do want to be there because it's, you know, like you said, it's a great place to be single, um, great place to be an artist or a musician. But you need to look at Average income versus the average home price, average payment, um, and can people afford it? So, you know, if... Well, see, what what, what a lot of investors, and this is what she was saying, it's not your typical renter. I mean, you're saying, can people afford it? Like, can people, can a blue-collar person afford it? What they're saying is we're Airbnb-ing these things on Thursday through Monday, to bachelor and bachelorette parties that are paying, you know, a thousand dollars a weekend. So we get 4,000 a month on a $200,000 house. Does that make sense? So there's a whole new economy called Airbnb. Yep. That's raising the values of the house. Well, darn, I want to go buy one of those, but, but listen up. Uh, This is the thing (laughs) is that we are in a time of irrational exuberance. We have, we're, we're just, you know, people forget this is exactly the phase of the cycle we're in where nobody thinks you can lose, that this irrational exuberance is going to last forever. But what it really is, is it's the same feeling as when I went to the bank 10 years ago to make a deposit and the teller said, oh, I see you own a home. Um, I see you have equity in it. She just pulls it right up on her computer there, the teller, and says, I can give you a $250,000 credit line. Would you like that? Well, what do I need to do? Oh, just sign here. Okay. Well, how rich did I feel? I had a $250,000, right? <laughs> let me get and a so- deck. Let me get a hot tub. <laughs> let, you know, let me get another car. Well, I took a trip to Hawaii, but also I was a real estate investor, fortunately. So I bought a bunch of quality properties in Texas. Not everybody does that. Mm. So, you know, right now we are in this phase of the cycle that is high, high debt. The country is $20 trillion in debt. We went from 10 to 20 trillion in debt just during Obama. And right before Bush, it was 5 trillion. He went, you know, he doubled it and then Obama doubled it. Now, like if they were like me and they said, wow, we've got all this money, let's go buy some assets. What did they buy? What what did the government get? What did we get as the people who have to pay that debt back? What did we get for $20 trillion? You know, for, for my $250,000 credit line, we bought like, I don't know, eight houses in, 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 um, in Dallas. It was, it was a good investment. What did we get as Americans? I'll tell you what we got. We paid the interest on our debt. We paid entitlements, social security and, and, uh, Medicare, uh, and, and basically interest on the debt. Now, starting just a few years ago with 60, with, um, 10,000 Americans retiring every day. Do you think that demand for entitlements is going to increase or decrease? It's going up. So, you know, there, the amount of debt we have in this country is not, payable. 
And so we have a debt problem. It's not a mortgage problem. Mortgages are solid. The real estate market is is solid. What's not solid is all this other debt. Well, so so you have to ask yourself when if the Fed raises rates in March and they may or may not, but they'd be afraid to do it because when they do, that could be the thing that pierces the stock market bubble. If there's a stock market uh, correction or crash, call it what you want, what markets would be affected the most by that? It would be the markets that have people who invest in the stock market. It would probably be wealthier suburbs, wealthier cities. Certainly San Francisco and New York, Seattle, LA, all of these areas would get hit by a stock market crash. But would this little $85,000 home in Cleveland next to the Cleveland Clinic, would that be affected by a stock market crash? I don't I don't think so. So you just you have to you have to play very offensively right now. You, you've got to make sure that every decision you make today is as if it's 2007. And you turn back to your mm. 2007 self and say, what would you have done differently? <laughs> and do that. Do really, that. Really? Hmm. <laughs> At Rebus University, we take the pain points out of selling real estate. Have you ever said out loud or in your mind, they're just no good leads or there's just no leads never again that is exactly why we created 101 free ways to create real estate leads with real estate industry icon Chad Goldwasser lost a listing to another agent never again the certified listing agent course goes through step-by-step step how eight of the world's top agents close 90-some percent of every listing appointment they go on. Industry icons like Buddy Blake and Marty Hampton have encouraged their entire team to take this course. And after they took it themselves, we gave them discounts for all their team members, and we'll give you that same exact discount if you go to rebusuniversity.com. Had a listing expire and another agent take it over and then drop the price drastically and it's sold right away? Yeah, me too. That's why I created the Certified Price Reduction course. We've had several agents take that and get immediate price reductions. All of the reviews that we've gotten on rebusuniversity.com, by the way, have all been five stars. Our other flagship product, the Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn out of Omaha, Nebraska, has been selling off the shelves. Everybody wants to know what happens when you peel back the curtain of the Omaha's elite real estate team's inside business. Jeff and I sit down and talk about the nitty gritty of where every dollar that he makes comes from and where every dollar that he spends goes out. It's an incredible, candid 10-hour course on how to build the mega team of the future. Use coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first course now rebusuniversity.com here's here's my concern I, i'd like to hear your uh, thoughts on this you had said earlier that when you had some investors going to Nashville and then they, you know, the market kind of went bad on them and they were fine uh, if they didn't have to sell and they just, you know, stuck it out. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. I feel 
like a lot of investors today, like literally like today, 2017, can't stick it out. Like they don't have the wherewithal to stick it out. They say that they do. Mm. But I really feel like people are getting into real estate and if a property of theirs, the tenant loses his job and doesn't pay rent for three months, uh, it's going to ruin them. Or if that happens in, you know, if they buy 10 houses and it happens in three all at once, it's it's going to ruin their life. I don't mm-hmm. think they have the ability to... to to, you know, hang in there. I don't know what, am I wrong about that? I'm talking about the the new investors out there. Like these guys yeah. that are saying, Hey, I want to buy 200 houses in Florida next year. I want to buy, you know <laughs> what I mean? The 21 year old who's, yeah. who's dating my daughter who just bought three <laughs> rental properties. This is a true story. He wow. just bought three rental properties in Baltimore city. And I said to him, um, how hard were they to rent? And he said, well, I had multiple offers on the leases. And I said, did you get a good quality tenant? And he said, no, the highest credit score of all the offers we had was 550. And I said, are you kidding uh, me? You know, everybody uh, gets their chance to learn their life lesson. You got to learn yours and he may get to to learn his. And and sometimes our our most humbling moments are the ones that make us who we are. So, you know, he's taking a risk and he may or may succeed not succeed with that risk. It's a little different when it's your daughter's boyfriend, but, um, but you know, most people today do not have great credit and I have had good, um, a good experience with tenants with poor credit because maybe they lost their house in the downturn, but they needed to rent and they ended up being good tenants. So it's, it's, you know, the credit okay, score. Well, how do you is- do that then? So talk to me, give us some advice. So give, give him some advice, right? So, uh, you know, you're talking to him. He, he has two new tenants, you know, in the 500 credit scores. How, how should he make sure he gets paid? Well, you know, first of all, is he managing it by himself or does he have a property manager? Yeah, he's managing it. Well, I think that is extremely dangerous if he doesn't know the laws and rules around property management. So, you know, that's first and foremost. Did did he pull the credit right? Did he do the right contract? We always advise that you you pay for the best and you get the best property manager to make sure that you're not breaking any rules and and that you're not writing up the wrong contract. So, that would be that would be my first concern and and that's really why we started Real Wealth Network is so that we could uh, interview property managers nationwide and find the best and then kind of have a little control over them. So in other words, if I refer 100 or 200 uh, landlords to a certain property manager and and one person isn't treated well, uh, you know, we're going to have a word with that property manager and, and, and most likely if they don't fix it, we're going to have to pull those several hundred investors and find a better property manager. So there's a little bit more pressure we put on that. But if you're going to rent a property by yourself, boy, I sure hope he's got the experience and knowledge to make sure he's doing it right. That's first and foremost. Because if you get the wrong person in there, and I don't know the landlord laws in Baltimore, but in California, you know, you may never get that person out. They can destroy the house. They can, you know, they can not make payments and, and you, you know, you can't get them out. And so I, I would not take on that kind of responsibility. I wouldn't take it lightly, but he's young and he's probably going to get some bruises. Yeah, but my, also, I think my point is there's a lot of people like that. And does that scare you at all? Um, It only, it, it's, it's 
sad for them. It's an opportunity for me. I'll be picking up their, their leftovers. But I, you know, I, I, I don't, I say that lightly because, you know, unfortunately people jump into investments that they don't understand and I've done it myself. Uh, so I hope that, that this young man is learning and learning from mentors and is not just jumping in and trying to learn through the school of hard knocks, because that could be the case. Um, you know, and he's, he's about to find out, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But it, he does it, have some good mentors, good. some other investors and, and things like that. And I can certainly recommend them to use a property management company. But at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like you feel that, um, there's too many investors in the market and there's too many people that don't know what they're doing. I think there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing. And, uh, and, but that's been the case for a long time. There's 8 million people, 8 million people own one rental. Um, that's a whole oh, lot of really? people. Yeah. Well, that's a fascinating statistic. So 8 million people only own one rental. I wonder what that was 10 years ago. And I wonder what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I don't know, but you know, there, there's definitely, uh, fallout that can happen if, if people don't know the, you know, don't have the experience in renting out. I mean, we rented out our first rentals and boy, did we botch that up. So, you know, we learned and, and people do learn. I, what scares me is not the 21 year old who makes mistakes. It's the 65 year old who makes mistakes. Oh, I, they don't a have a second chance. Yeah. He, he's young. He's going to learn. He'll recover. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll, yeah. Yeah. live back with mom and dad. Right. Yeah. But, um, but when the 65 year old is taking their lifelong retirement and investing it in property and they don't have any business doing that. I had a family members, close friend call, did not even use my expertise and knowledge. Didn't even bother to call me. She took, she, she emptied, she self-directed her IRA, which is great. We suggest that, but without getting any advice, she bought three properties in Arizona and one and a couple in Chico and they have been nightmares. She's she has pretty much lost her entire life's savings because she did it wrong. And and I agree with you. It's tragic. It's terrible. It's very very sad. And there's no reason for it. There's enough people out there that can help you do it right. But somehow people just think real estate's easy, or you know, if they saw a show on TV, they can do it. There's a lot more to it. Um, but one of the things that I'm extremely excited about is uh. I'm going to be very, I'm going to be one of the founding members of a new high tech platform that is going to transform this business, the rental business. Um, I can't actually tell you anything any more about that right now. Um, you could go to our crowdfunding site to learn more about it, but because I've signed a confidentiality agreement, but with technology, there's going to be ways to improve the way the rental business is done. And we have, um, a couple of, of the other founders have, have had su successful real estate IPOs. So these are not just a couple of young kids out of college. These are experienced players in the industry. So I think real soon you're going to be hearing, um, hearing about some solutions. Okay, great. Well, I'll put a link to the crowdfunding page for this mystery that <laughs> Kathy's talking about. So you guys can get more of it on hybendigital.com backslash real wealth Two, uh, because I believe, because uh, Kathy was on the show once before, I'm not sure if we did her name or we did Real Wealth, but it's uh, her podcast is a Real Wealth Network, so I'm going to do Real Wealth, the number two. So that's hybendigital.com backslash Real Wealth 2. 
Kathy, this this is great, man. I could go all day with you. Thank you for <laughs> letting me ask you very poignant questions. I hope you didn't feel like I was attacking you. I just wanted to make it feel like, you know, what I wanted to get some really, really honest and blunt opinions on on things and, and you handled it very well and, and said some brilliant things. Thank you so much. I, I did not feel like an attack. I felt like a great debate. So That's I appreciate great. it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. It was really good. Well, thanks. You're welcome back anytime and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.